Welcome to the Somatic Gospel Podcast. Our mission is to provide a unique blend of wisdom and guidance to support the spiritual growth and well-being of our listeners. In each episode, we explore the intersection of faith and personal development by combining somatic experiencing, polyvagal theory, psychology, neurology, nervous system healing, and emotional intelligence. Our goal is to help listeners achieve greater awareness, healing, and transformation as they navigate their journey of faith. And we are thrilled to announce that starting this season, we will be featuring new episodes with Ashley Leon, a holistic lifestyle coach and inner child healing coach. Ashley will be sharing her expertise and insights on how to live a life of balance, joy, and fulfillment. So get ready to be inspired and join us as we embark on a journey of self-discovery, growth, and healing. So let's get started. Okay. Welcome to today's episode of the Somatic Gospel, where we're going to be discussing the power of reconciliation and forgiveness in relationships. And so in this episode, we're going to do a deep dive, both on an interpersonal exploration and expression, and as well as looking at this from a wider lens in terms of how reconciliation and the power of reconciliation and forgiveness impacts society, how it impacts family structures, politics, religions. Um, so I have a very special guest here. I have a friend of mine, Ashley Leon. Uh, she's a wonderful person, big, beautiful heart and smile. And she's also a professional holistic life coach. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to her to introduce herself, tell us about herself, and we just kind of flow from there. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. As you said, I am a holistic lifestyle coach and inner child healing practitioner and my favorite title, full-time human. I like to always emphasize that because above all else, I'm a human. And so my humanity influences all the work I do from life coaching, inner child healing, relationships, anything, anything that I'm doing, I'm doing it as a human who is open to be curious about my own humanity, about the humanity of others, and is on the journey, the journey of learning, the journey of coming back to myself and, and living from connection because it's the most important thing to me. So I'm just really excited to be here and see how this is going to unfold. Awesome. Well, um, Great word. Um, you guys know who I am. So we just keep rolling with this. Um, so I love etymology. Um, that's some, that's one of my obsessions. When I listen to a word, I usually like to question the usual narratives or meanings that are handed to us with words and look into their sources, look into where those words come from how they were used, how they're being used now. So I'm going to go a little bit into nerd mode for a second and look at the like etymology of the word reconcile. And then we'll go into like deeper points on this. Um, so the mid fourth century, the word reconcilin, transitive in reference to persons. And the whole purpose of this word is to restore to union and friendship after 
estrangement or variance, also of God or Christ to restore mankind or sinners to favor or to grace. Um, the old French is reconciliere. I'm not really a French guy, so I'm not going to try to. There you go. <laughs> um, and it's directly from the Latin reconciliare, right? To bring together again, regain, win over again, mm. to conciliate from re again, and then the word conciliare, which is make friendly. So reconciliation is to make friends again, where we were once friends, and then now we dive into the act of revisiting friendship in a new context, um, in a new expression, and a new understanding, probably with new awarenesses, new commitments, new um, a new consciousness, and even a newer and deeper understanding of actual connection and, and, mm. and commitment in making friends with anyone, right? And so a lot of the work that we talk about is about making friends with the parts of ourselves that we're not so friendly to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so reconciliation is here. And oftentimes the reconciliation outside of ourselves that hasn't happened with others is usually a reflection of the reconciliation that hasn't happened inwardly mm -hmm. with aspects mm -hmm. of ourselves. And so those people show up as a mirror reflection to show us where am I in discord or misalignment with a, with a version of myself inwardly that I'm totally shoving off to the side. Um, mm -hmm. To continue on, um, I pulled this from Adam, Adam, Adam Online. It's reflexive sense of to become reconciled or to reconcile oneself. It's from late 14th century, meaning to make um, discordant facts or statements consistent to rid of apparent discrepancies. It's from the 1500s, uh, a mental sense of make actions, facts, and conditions, etc., consistent with each other in one's mind. So there is a union and a cohesion in the Reconciliation Act. Um, it's from the 1620s, a sense of bringing into acquiescence or quiet submission, huh. right? Reconciliation, or that's not really a negative term depending on how you perceptively filter it, but it, to acquiesce for the sake of reconciliation where both parties are acquiescing and submission, um, expressing submission, then it's a beautiful thing. But when you're acquiescing for a fake reconciliation where the person isn't also meeting you with the same commitment to conciliare and to make friendly again, then that can be a expression of betrayal of oneself, right? Mm -hmm. um, to conciliate is to overcome distrust or hostility of by soothing and pacifying. In the, four, in the 1540s, from the Latin conciliatus, it's a past participle of conciliare. It's to bring together, to unite in feelings. Again, make friendly. From concilium, a meeting, a gathering of people. From assimilated form, com, or like in Spanish, con, which is together, together with, right? And then so proto-Indo-European is 
kalio, which is the fruit, the uh, the root, uh, the root word kele to shout, and it's the notion is of calling together. So a reconciliation is saying, "I'm calling you to 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 experience togetherness again." And this is the, like the Proto-Indo-European um, structure of the root word that, you know, obviously the Latin comes from that. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of where we're diving into. We're going to like go into the different aspects and flavors and spectrums of mm-hmm. living in reconciliation inwardly with others and how we can like embody reconciliation as a way of being because really we're we're seeking further union with all things and all people, right? So we're always calling people to a togetherness. And so there has to be a common thing that we gather around, right? And I like what you say, like our share, our, our humanness. Yeah. Right? Like really um, digging your feet into the dirt of like the rawness of the human experience. So um, I'd like to talk about how we had a little bit of a, I would say like, I don't know what to call it, but we had a moment of separation mm-hmm. where we didn't speak for over a year because um, there was a story in your head about the way things transpired and same thing with me, right? So like this episode is being birthed out of an actual real experience, an embodied experience where Ashley and I are, are are in the beginning phases of our reconciliation. And I think we both value vulnerability and honesty to such a degree that we can put the mess in, in front of people um, because yeah, that's real life. It's sometimes it's super messy and then you get to clean it up and then move forward in a new direction. So um, I'm kind of let you f- flow now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your wonderful definitions of reconciliation and your amazing pronunciation um i love (laughs) it is it's in one of the definitions it said what an estrangement or something of the sort and it was kind of like um with the word that they hear there is like strange or stranger so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like going from being a friend to becoming a stranger and i think the process of reconciliation is one of making a stranger a friend again, you know? But what's funny is that we, I don't, I think for reconciliation to happen, it had to have always started as a friend because you don't become a stranger unless you were a friend first. So it's super fascinating that reconciliation already implies that there was relationship to begin with, you know? Um, and so I find that super interesting from our personal sense, a spiritual sense as well, where there's this process of friendship, stranger to friendship again, and the end goal always being a friendship that is deeper, more connecting, more fulfilling, more holistic, right? Um, so I just wanted to point that out because it came to my mind when you were speaking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're open to, you know, going this deep, I'd like you to kind of unpack a little bit on where your sense of estrangement without getting into like too much of the details, but like, what was the story that you were telling yourself and 
or projecting onto the situation. And I'll kind of share a little bit of my, my, my side too. And then like, how did you come back to wait a second? Wow. I've been holding on to this yeah. for so long, whatever. Just kind of ex ex express your, your internal process of going from friend, stranger back to friend again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I love one of the first things you told me when we met up again after got going a whole year and more without speaking is when you started talking this the phrase that you said is so here's what I made up in my mind and ever since you said that I've just had that like circulating in my head because well a I was this I was so amazed by the ability to just take ownership immediately but secondly it's just that reality that a lot of that estrangement or separation or disconnection usually stems from a narrative, if not always, right? Um, and so the narrative that I created um, through, you know, my conditioning and whatever my tendencies are and just the framework that I'm working with, and you were in a time that, as I perceive, seemed very different. Right. So as we're evolving, you and I were friends, we're evolving. And you started to evolve in a way that I had a lot of fears around. Right. So without going too into detail, there was this sense of, I don't know that we can keep the connection and be in these what felt like different places. Right. I'm not saying it was or wasn't, but what felt like for me, I don't want to go there. That's that's not what I what I'm feeling. That's not what I'm thinking. That's not where my intuition is leading me. And frankly, it was just super challenging to be real about that and just say like, I value you. I care about the friendship, but I don't know that I want to be part of this space. And I think that's something we do as humans a lot. Like it's very hard to um, not throw everything away because of one or two things that maybe we're not vibing with or connected to in that moment, you know? And so I think for fear of, A, what you're going to think of me if I tell you the truth, if I say, hey, I don't know how I feel about this, like this is the direction you're heading in, but um, it scares me. I'm afraid of it. I'm still working through belief systems around that thing around or something that smells familiar and let's just say it that way because um it would be unfair to say that you were you were doing something that I'm not even sure you were weren't doing it was how it felt to me it felt so familiar and it felt so scary and it smelled like something that I'd been hurt by before and so for me it was like I have to stay away from this and because I wasn't able to communicate that clearly it kind of was just this gradual but also very sudden drift that was happening and there was a drift and there was a drift and I think honestly it was easier to just not take ownership over my own emotions and my own fears and my own narratives and to just kind of go I don't know what happened to that guy I thought he was cool but I guess he's not you know or I thought we were the same but I guess we're not I thought we were like-minded, but I guess we're not. You know, these were some of the phrases that I'd had in my head. Um, and it was easier to just kind of let them simmer inside 
and, and evolve and change. And I don't know if you want to interject for a sec, or I can continue into kind of what led me to get out of that process and that way of thinking. Yeah. Um, so yes, we'll, we'll go into how we got led out of it, but I thank you for offering now me to get into it. So I did notice there was a pullback from you, right? Of like, right. you know, an avoidance. Yes. And I was like, oh man, I must have said something. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, I recognize that I'm a personality that is, can be polarizing. You either love me or you hate me, but you can't be in the middle when it comes to me. <laughs> and I know that. And I'm okay with that. Like, I totally accept that. I'm like, totally fine with that. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, it must have been something I said or didn't say. Right. And I, and I know like, you know, there were some other relational things swirling around you that I, I had my hand in that probably contributed right. to the whole structure of the estrangement. Um, right. And I had an inkling that that's what this, what it was, but because I couldn't hear from you directly or hear from some of the other parties involved directly, I made up stories too. I made up this like, well, how do you go from loving me and being around my family and all that to like cutting me off, you know? And I was like, how do you just cut somebody off like that? Yeah. And it was, well, what do I do? Do I reach out? Am I crossing a boundary if I reach out? Is it clear? Are they communicating clearly? Is Ashley communicating clearly by not reaching out? That's basically telling me, don't, don't come to me, right? And I remember sending a text to like, hey, what's going on with us? Yeah. And you said something like, ah, you know, I'm just. I tried to give you a vague, but somewhat of an It answer. was vague, but I didn't know how, like how deeply your heart was being rocked by my own journey, right? And how it was affecting you. And I think there could have been more clarity had we had the conversation that we could have had. Um, Can we pause there for a sec? Because I want to point something out. Like you said, my heart was so deeply affected. I think that's really a testament to how much you had the ability and the power to affect me. You know, I think it's a reflection of our closeness, our friendship, our connection, really. Because, you know, I'm not out here getting affected by everyone's journey, you know, but when it came to you and your journey, I, I, I think I placed so much value. And in some ways it's, it was good and, and right and helpful. And maybe in some ways it was a little bit of like, like a pedestal of like, oh my God, if he's going this way, does that mean I have to go this way? You know, it was almost like I felt like, like if I didn't do what you were doing, then I was wrong, you know, that I was. Which I never wrong. told you that. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, it, it's, you know, one of my narratives that yeah. I'm I'm realizing even right now, you know, as we're speaking about it. That's that's the power of awareness. And um, so then then there was this internal battle within me of like, OK. How did I push people away to the point where they can't even tell me what's up in in, re, in and like be genuine with me like mm. Did I, was I really being the person that another person 
finds it so much easier to forget I existed because that's how it landed for me, right? Mm -hmm. You're here one day and then the next you're just, you're just, you're just somebody that I used to, <laughs> right? And I was just like scratching my head for a long time. And um, then there was, you know, there was a like confusion, denial, and then anger. Well, they're going to cut me off. <laughs> right? Well, like, and then I'm going to just forget them too. Right? Yeah. And I had to, you know, there's a lot of conversations with my partner of like, what did I do wrong? Like, am I really that terrible of a person? Uh, and navigating all that. And then it was after a time of, you know what? It has nothing to do with me. Not nothing, nothing. But like right. people have their own narratives and their own perspectives and their own filters. And I get to surrender and release this, you know, and just let things be as it is. Um, and, and it's really interesting because I know we're going to segue into like, well, how do we come to like hmm. eye-opening stuff? Like when we were friends, you know, I kind of adopted your friends and, and your partner to into a friend group. And then I kind of cycled out of that friend group. And then I cycled into another friend group at the beginning of 22. Um, and it was challenging to try to fit into that friend group, um, especially because where they were was kind of where we used to be in a spiritual sense, like more of mm -hmm. like the very rudimentary, fundamental religious um, right. perspectives. Um and I, and I held space because I realized how beginner and baby it was. So I was like, ah, this is fine. But then like, there was that same thing where, of cycling out of a friend group. Mm -hmm. And these people have no awareness in terms of like the work. I know they haven't done the work. You've done the work that I've done for years. Um, so they're definitely coming from reactive perceptive right. filter, right? And then, you know, so I, so I realized that and even some of the conversations that arose um, from my interactions, but then like when I revisited this again, it was like, okay, I'm not going to do what I did last time and make a yeah. entire story and hold this thing in my heart. I'm going to release it, literally true forgiveness. Like I'm not going to have any emotional charge over this. Not that right. I'm suppressing emotion but I'm not going to interpret it in a way that'll generate the emotion of estrangement. I understand that there is an estrangement, but not because I'm estranged towards them. They can be estranged towards me all they want, but that's their whole yeah. thing. I'm not going to hold any meaning around it or any judgment around it. And I was like, I'm ready to shift beyond this. And it was really interesting because mm. in that space is when you called me probably about a week or two after. Wow. I was like, oh, your boy shifting some energy. <laughs> I was like, okay, my, my work wow. is working. My inner work is working. And the outward reflections are showing that that's what's happening. Wow. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an alignment. There's a reconciliation happening truly. Um, and I think they represent an aspect of a version of myself that still yet, that still yet gets to experience that forgiveness and reconciliation inwardly, firstly, and then outwardly. So um, that was like the kind of the realizations that I came from. And then, you know, I obviously thought about you and everyone else in the friend group. Um, and it was, there's, there was a, a release 
with my other friend group that I cycled out of, but then with you guys, there was just this like, uh, I honor every single person in their space because, you know, it was familiar and it was a lesson to, that was needed to be repeated so that I could understand it. And because that was, that's what I was creating and offering myself to grow beyond it. So I was like, okay. And there was this like little moment of like, I honor all the, all y'all. I release y'all like we're good and yeah. I'm open. And then it was just so cool how like you flowed right back into the conversation and then you reached out. Right. And so like what led to you reaching out and being like, you know what, let's reconcile. Let's, let's get to the bottom of this. Thank you for sharing from your perspective. Absolutely. It's gaining new insight even now as you speak. Um, I just think it's amazing how it was like you did the work that just suddenly opened some door for me, I guess, because it's just crazy how I, I've been thinking about you for the past year and a half, obviously, on and off, um, at some points in the beginning more, at some points not at all, at some points whatever happened to that, you know, revisiting in my thoughts, um, but still with my narrative, still with actually even making up narratives for you too, you know, like <laughs> he probably blah, 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 you know, so it's like having this whole discourse in my head. And really what led me to reach out to you, A, is also the work that I've been doing in myself and as I've been taking on clients and, you know, stepping into my role as a holistic life coach, there's this, you know, accountability is a beautiful word for me. And I feel as a life coach, one of my biggest things that I'm here to support in is to hold people accountable to not only what they say, but what they want, what they dream of, who they want to be, right? And so my ability to hold someone accountable, I think is directly connected to my ability to hold myself accountable. And so little by little, right? Because it doesn't happen all at once. It was like over the past, I would say two months, you started coming to my mind more frequently. And the thoughts change, right? So in, in maybe a few months ago or a year ago, I still had this like really rigid narrative. And then <laughs> as of two months ago, or maybe maybe even longer, but um, I started to think, what if, <laughs> what if it's, this isn't it? What if what I've made up isn't it? And I sat with that for a few weeks and then there came a time where I evolved from what if this isn't it to, oh, what if, what if I played a role in this? What's my role in this? Like, what could I own in what's happened to us? And when mixed in with all of these thoughts, I just started feeling gratitude. Um, and honestly, the gratitude, it just came from you know, when you and I first connected, I felt like it was like an instant spark of like, oh my gosh, this is somebody who like, one of my people, you know, he thinks like me, he, he speaks a language that I love, you know, this language that I'm learning. And so it was like this instant connection. And I, I missed that. And I felt so much gratitude. There was 
we would explore so many topics together that I felt like I never really explored with another man, you know, other than my partner in such a beautiful friendship way, you know, that always felt very pure, very honest, very authentic, very curious. Like it was, it was such a new experience for me. And so I think it was one that definitely left a mark to the extent that I felt gratitude. And as I've been moving through my journey and I'm learning things and I'm talking to clients, there was so much of you threaded into like, I don't know if I want to say me or just my belief systems or even my habits, like so much that you planted, seeds that you planted in my life, in my heart, in my thoughts, in my way of being, you know, that I was now starting to like move in and operate in very naturally. And so there was this part of me that was like, man, like I'm so grateful for him. He's just brought so much goodness to my life, so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much like even the curious thing. I mean, you were the first person I ever heard say that we could actually observe our thoughts without judgment. I mean, to me before that was like, no, we can't. <laughs> like I have a constant judgment about every thought. What are you talking about? You know, and I'm not saying my judgment's like gone, but to be where I am today and to have the capacity that I have to just be neutral, to be more curious, or if I go to judgment to come back very quickly, you know, to curiosity. I mean, that's like one of the greatest tools that I have in my life, in my life, in my coaching, in my relationship. And so I don't know. I always just gave you that like credit, you know, like I first heard that from Anthony, you know, and I've heard it a few times since then, you know, now the circles that I'm in, but it was like you planted that seed and other people have watered it and I'm seeing it flourish. And so there was this thing growing inside of me that was like, I need to tell him, like, I, I just, I just need him to know that I'm really not sure what's happened between us. Right. I had my thoughts. You had your thoughts. But I want him to know I feel so much gratitude towards him. And and I want to hold myself accountable. So I was also open. I didn't have an agenda beyond telling you I'm grateful for you. But I was open to the possibility because I know you also or I know a part of you. And I felt he's probably going to want to talk about this in person. Like he's he's like that. He wants to like, let's do this. You know, let's talk about this. Let's confront it. And I was like, I'm open to that. So once I got to that place where I was actually open to that is when I was like, okay, now I'm ready to reach out, you know, because before that I wasn't ready to say yes to you potentially wanting to meet with me. I was still afraid or whatever it was. Um, So that's kind of how that went for me. Um, Once I reached that place, I reached out. And when you responded the way that you did and the sense that, the timing seemed to be quite perfect. I knew it was my intuition that led me to do it. And I knew that it was the right thing, you know? Mm. Wow. Thank you for that. Um, I know you expressed a lot of that in where we finally met up and had our reconciling conversation. <laughs> but um, I'm really 
blessed and extremely also grateful that I got to hold space for you and offer you whatever little I've gotten <laughs> um, to support you on your journey. And I know that this will then bud into the journeys of others um, and, yeah. and the way of paying it forward and then seeing it flourish continually, right? He said uh, a seed was planted and the way that that works is um, seeds are planted, things grow, but then they retain the seed within them. And then they also are a space for pollinating the same, their mm -hmm. sameness into other things, right? And that goes back to like Bible stuff. Yeah. Everything produces after its own kind. And this is why Jesus says, you will know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. Like what's the results will tell you what it really is. You're not what it says it is. Um, and I think that this conversation now and the one before and the many that we'll have continually is evidence that the fruit that we're seeing is that the tree has been planted a particular way, right? Mm -hmm. And so glad and really thankful that we could do this. Um, Me too. And so like the realizations, um, because I was more on, I will let you come to me on your own. I've realized that the ball was really in your court and, and the power for that first conversation, because I did already reach out and I respected it. I can tell you weren't ready for that. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you came, it was just like, well, now it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like, you know, when you read on like the Buddhist monks or even the older monks in like orthodoxy, right? The elders and they, and they, and there's these stories of their younger monks that they're kind of like working with. Mm -hmm. And then the younger monk comes to this realization and the elders like, I knew you would get there. <laughs> and you just, you know, yeah. sometimes it takes some time. Right. And it's totally okay. Um, and, but that's the part of integrating this work, this inner work that we're talking about, inner healing, inner child, awareness, ontological transformation, all this is that it's not a magic pill. It's not, I read a book and oh, I'm enlightened and I'm embodied. Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. Or I read right. a workshop, you know, or watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast or several prod podcasts. And I'm, no, it's like when you're living real actual life, and you're in the middle of your real life and there's relationships and then there's issues. It's like, that's when you start doing wax on and wax off. And at <laughs> first it's, it seems stupid. Right. And I talk, I tell this to my clients all the time. I say, listen, I'm Miyagi, you're Daniel's son. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to teach you how to wax on and wax off. <laughs> and like, have you ever seen the karate kid? Right. And I, and I, and I have to I stress this because what happens to Daniel when he starts waxing on and waxing off? It's the dumbest thing that he's doing. What is this? I'm I'm painting the fence. I'm waxing the cars. What the heck is this? Until he gets into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then it's like, oh. Oh. Stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I better paint this fence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and Miyagi's like, all right, you can complain all you want, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm teaching. Right. 
And then like, even throughout the show, like, cause they, they did a show Cobra Kai. I don't know why I'm relating this. I guess I really love that story. Love that narrative. Like you see Daniel honoring Miyagi Mm. constantly and referencing back to Miyagi and referencing back to me. I have my own Miyagi, Mm. right? Who was this person for me? Like, and I always talk about him. I reference him. Um, His name is Kevin, right? Like, and I always reference him all the time and everything that I bring into my client work in the coaching and even conversations like this or whatever, I hear Kevin, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like, and, but it's cool because then, you know, like we have a history within Christianity. I, I'm a Christian still, you know, I, I've chosen to go down the path of Eastern Orthodoxy. Um, but you still like all these little wisdom pieces from different people. Jesus has said a lot of these things too. And so right. you also hear like the voice of the Holy Spirit throughout, through those people in a way. And it's like, you make the connection. You're like, oh, Jesus says that too in a different way. But the right. principle is there's a core principle there. Um, so you know, I kind of went off on a rabbit trail, but the whole point was when you reached out to me, um, I was in wait, I was, uh, you know, like a lady in waiting. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I wasn't like, you know, sitting there on the docks of the ocean waiting for the ship. Right, to- right, right, right. Right. I was just, hey. You got a baby and a wife. Yeah. It'll happen at some point. I, yeah. I hope. And if it doesn't, I, I'm okay that, you know that it didn't, right? And so there was a release of attachment to an outcome. And then it was really wonderful um, and amazing for that to happen because now here we are. Um, yeah. Expanding on this wonderful conversation on reconciliation. And now to move into this um, more in terms of like, away, f- unless you have anything else to share about our own reconciliation story, right? I'm okay. Okay, cool. Quick note, my best friend, Nathan, and I also had a similar estrangement Mm. for about the same period of time. We also got the chance to go into reconciliation as well. So, you know, this podcast is really born out of two friends reconciling and choosing to pray together every morning for the last months, right? And then choosing to do something that we've been desiring to do for the longest time, which is actually step into being a space of support for others through the coaching, through the workshops, through the podcast, through whatever, through the social media. Like, and then now like that space opened up our reconciliation. And I really feel that this episode and whatever else flows from all this will open up a space of of the power of reconciliation with others on their own journey, right? So like the importance, the first point that we're gonna address is like the importance of forgiveness in maintaining healthy relationships and how it can be used as a tool for letting go of resentment and bitterness. I don't know if you wanna speak into that at all and I might flow or just go to the next point. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much to say about that point. <laughs> But very, very intense version of what I want to say is 
forgiveness for me before felt so intimidating. Like the word was so intimidating. And as I've practiced it more, I'd realized, you know, I think one of the primary things that gets in the way of forgiveness is shame. And aside from shame is anger because there's, and I actually there's, it's a two-way street. So forgiveness in the sense of giving forgiveness, I think it is anger, right? Wanting to be justified because I think there's a fear, right? That if I forgive you, I won't be validated. My, my pain won't be justified, right? There, there won't be like things won't be made right if I just let you off the hook, right? Mm. And then there's a sense of asking for forgiveness where it's like, if I have to ask for forgiveness, like, does that mean I'm bad? Does that mean I did like, like mm. something is wrong with me, you know? So the two things that have helped me the most when it comes to both giving and receiving forgiveness is addressing my anger, right? And being the one to acknowledge me. So for the longest I've spent my whole life waiting for the person who wronged me to be the one to make it right instead of making it right within myself. And, you know, there are moments and times where you do have that amazing moment where someone will acknowledge how they hurt you and they'll ask for forgiveness. But I think most of life is actually you have to choose it or you get to choose it, right? You get to choose to forgive even if you never get the words that you needed or the wrong isn't made right, it can be made right within you, right? And then from the asking for forgiveness aspect, I've had to learn to build shame resilience, right? Because I think we get to become resilient in kind of combating that shame, right? So to need forgiveness doesn't mean that I'm bad. Does it mean that there's something wrong with me? It means that I'm owning a role that I've played, right? Or ways that I've contributed to somebody's pain, whether it was conscious, subconscious, you know, but but I played a role in it. And so I think if I want to say something, it's that it begins with you, right? It begins with working through your anger, working through your shame, being the one who forgives you first. Um, and the more that we can live in this space within ourselves, I think the easier or just the more practice that we have um, with doing it with those around us. Yeah. Um, I think about like, since, since I started in the journey with orthodoxy, forgiveness yeah. is a theme, it's a daily theme for me. Not only yeah. seeking, seeking to experience forgiveness from God daily, not from a bad and wrong place, but from, from a recognition of where I can contribute to the estrangement and not live into the friendliness mm -hmm. of the relationship with God, right? The reconciliation with God. Um, I pray the Lord's prayer every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And then like, at first I was just like, oh, this is some like prayer that people do. And then like, when you start really breaking it down and you realize all the sections of the prayer and you're like, oh my God, I'm literally like shaping my consciousness in prayer to connect to transcendence, that our Father who are in heaven, right? Holy is your name, right? Like there's something beyond my humanness that has birthed me into existence. And I call that him, my father, 
right? So I'm generated from this like holy transcendent father, right? Um, you're, and then I want that same power to like be in my real life, my daily, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Like the, the culture of like heaven here, um, give us the, right? Give us today our daily bread. I want to, I want you, right? And there's that, 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 that request, but then also that because the daily bread and that could be, be a symbol for multiple things that can stand for daily bread in our life is that it's sourced from somewhere, namely my father. And I get to live into the consciousness of gratitude in receiving daily bread continually. And then there's that other part where it goes, forgive us of our debts or trespasses as we forgive our debtors. And we're always like cleaning up what's going on in the prayer. Because right. like you, I thought forgiveness um, was a lot of the things you said, but I also thought that it was simply a word. I mm -hmm. forgive you, but then I could remain emotionally charged over it. But I thought I forgave because I said the word I forgave, but energetically I was not forgiving, right? I was resentful and like you said, like with the anger. And you think about like a lot of the things like we call like religion or road routine are actually there to shape our consciousness so that we can live in these um, values and principles that transcend um, the not so beautiful parts of our humanity where we do hurt people, right? Because we are beautiful as humans, but then there is the very real um, acknowledgement of the corruption of sin, not the guilt and the shame and the badness of it, but that, you know, we've been infiltrated by a disease in, in the Orthodox church. It's a, it's sin is a disease of the soul that eventually leads us to physical death and then spiritual death. And so when we ask for forgiveness, the word forgive in the Greek is to release, right? It's aphemi and, and that's, you know, it's to release from, right? And you even see like how forgiveness was, was done in the Old Testament, like forgiveness isn't transactional even, like there's sacrifices and stuff, but you see forgiveness being given by God and he, God doesn't need a transaction for forgiveness. He just forgives, but we need the ritual and the transaction so that our own conscience can be purified. And this, and then mm -hmm. this is again reiterated in Hebrews. It's for our conscience, not God's, God's cool. But we're the ones that have this sense because we feel our mortality and our limitation are, are, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Our, the, the, the slow march towards death, memento mori, like the story, the Stoics say, remember you die. <laughs> and because of that mortality, there's that constant reminder. And so there's a reminder of there's a sickness here and I can't heal myself. I need someone to heal me. And that's God. And yes, I participate in healing because I have to open my mouth and let and put the medicine in my mouth or take the shot or whatever it is, right? Like I have to receive the medicine and yeah. and, and agree that this is, I'm going to be on a, re a regimen of this yeah, yeah. that will yeah. heal me. 
but the mm-hmm. active the active power of the medicine isn't in my taking of it, but it's a synergy in which where I do take it and it enters me, it begins to actually heal over time, right? Like, and, and that's really what we're speaking into and like we're really what forgiveness is, is sometimes it's not a, a moment like this when you just forgive. Sometimes there's smaller moments of letting go of certain things in the yes. narrative or the experience where you finally can reach forgiveness. Right. And you know you've reached it because you don't have bitterness or resentment. You look back on the person or the situation and you're holding space. And a lot of time you hold space in compassion because you realize their own sickness and pain caused them to behave in such a way. So Mm -hmm. like the benefit of reconciliation in relationships is like healing, healing these wounds that we have. And you know, we can wound ourselves by making up a story, <laughs> right? And it's like, but again, the reason we have that story is because there was a wound from the past. And then now we take that and project it on all the experiences and live in a constant state of woundedness, right? And so like rebuilding trust, meaning can I count on you? not hurt me again. Right. And if you do hurt me again, can I count on you to open your heart to me and say, how can I make this right? Right. Can we repair? Can we repair? Right. And then like, because that's really what deepens connections, right? Um, Something breaks and you put it back together and you break and you put it back together. And it's the same way of of building um, like neuron, like synapses and connections is they, you know, the less attention you give a particular neural pathway, the more it breaks down. And the more attention you give another one, it strengthens. And it's like one thread after another until it becomes like this impenetrable um, thing, right? And the going back to the Lord's prayer is like, forgive us of our debts as we forgive others. We're, what is he saying? We're daily practicing choosing to make friendly with our, with our life. Mm-hmm. We're choosing to make friendly with ourselves and with others, right? We're choosing continually in light of what we recognize that we truly hurt others or hurt ourselves or others hurt us or hurt themselves, that we're constantly shifting our consciousness and saying, yes, hurt is real, pain is real. Um, And I'm still consciously choosing this path of reconciliation, right? And like, that's, that's not something that's existing in the world right now. Everyone's canceling each other over something. This part on the left is canceling the rights for that. And this part on the right is canceling the lefts for that. And everyone's just canceling each other. And they think like, well, if I cancel you harder, then there'll be peace and there'll be like um, shalom or flourishing. But there can't be any of that until there's an acknowledgement of why are we estranged? And can we make friendly again on the basis of something that goes beyond our ideas and our narratives, something more um, eternal and, and grounded and concrete? And I think that there there is no recourse if we're committed more to our ideologies and stories than the concreteness 
of our identity as creating God's image and likeness, right? Hmm. Like, I don't care if you're a, if you're a this or a that, however you choose to identify. Yeah. I, I think some things are like expressions of this sickness that like show themselves out in brokenness through sexuality and friendships, relationships, money, eating habits, like all this. But I can look past all of that. Yeah, addictions. I can look past all of that and see your humanness, like you said, and see the image of God. And if I can connect with you there, maybe, maybe you might be open to the medicine. But like if I'm pushing you away, I, I can't reconcile with you. And I can't support you in living in this spirit of reconciliation throughout your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you wanted to say anything else on that or go on to right now. Right now I'm just learning. Word. Awesome. Um, One of the other points I had on here was like the consequences of holding on to grudges and refusing forgiveness, (laughs) such as ongoing emotional pain, stress, physical health problems. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, there's a book out there called The Body Keeps the Score. I talk about it a lot. And um, a lot in our journey, I'm sure you've seen this with some of your clients, is they think they're doing spirituality because they're thinking about it. Um, <laughs> right. Or, the, you know, it's very conceptual for them. And they're like, I've done all my stuff. I've done my, I've been doing my work. The why isn't every, anything different? And it's like, well, um, if you were doing the work, the result will be different. And don't be mad at me for telling you that. The fruit would be different. Right. Um, And so like, I know someone who grew up with intense trauma. Okay. And because of that really crazy traumatic experiences over and over again that she had, basically like complex trauma, she then ended up developing gastritis. And as a kid at eight years old, she had ulcers. Wow. And even now she's lactose intolerant and has digestion issues because of the intense trauma. And also there's a lot of unforgiveness there that she's holding on to, grudges, you know, anger. And so like, I see it. I see the physical effects of the trauma in this person that I know. Um, and like, these are the consequences for holding on to it. And it's like, like you said, like I can, I can sense that there's this, well, if I forgive then I was never um, vindicated. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem with unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, you're killing yourself without even realizing it. You're poisoning your body, your nervous system is getting shot and all a mess, right? Like the, the amount of cortisol that your body has been exposed to as a result of remaining on, in that grudge has caused all the physiological issues, which is why the work we do is important because <laughs> we get people out of narratives that throw them into these hyper aroused states of like fight and flight and 
mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. hypo, right? Like this under arousal state of like depression and like, uh, like no motivation, right? And like a continual exposure <clears throat> to these states of being affects us. But then what ends up happening is the body begins to adapt to right. this state of being is normal. Since I'm always in it, or I've been in it for such a long time, it's normal to be hyper-aroused all the time. Or hypo, right? Under like, oh, this depressive state. That's like... Or high-functioning anxiety. Right. All of that, right? And it's like, you know, forgiveness is related to a lot of that, right? Um, Which is interesting. It's because we're we're saying heal, forgive us our debts as we forgive others, right? Because we're saying heal us of our stuff. Right. As we release forgiveness to others and allow them to be healed from their stuff. It's this like circular, you know, wheel of forgiveness flowing um, vertically downward and then horizontally outward and then upward. Kind of like rain, kind of like rain, you know, rain comes down. The water cycle. Right. The water cycle. There's a forgiveness. Uh cycle there is i would love to return in the future for an episode more about this topic because i have a whole lot to say about um your physical health and how highly impacted it is by the internal personal experiences and also just you know people in my life as well yeah awesome well, um, I could I could feel the the I'm complete. I feel you 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 feel complete as well. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, I think more than anything, this was a episode more f- uh, on offering people who are going to listen in on the value of wow that these two people can come to some realizations and reconcile. Maybe I can. Um, I know there were some notes on. Well, let's go into all the ways reconciliation applies and all the layers of society and things. But um, with the flow, right? Huh? We can go with the flow and, and shift. No, but that that's the thing is like that we are in the flow, right? And uh, exactly. it's interesting. We make a lot of plans, but then like energetically, you can feel the, the resolution of something. Uh, so with that being said, we are going to end this episode now. But before you go, um, I have some important things to tell you guys. We have a Facebook group online called Christians for Emotional Health and Transformation where we deep dive into stuff. We do special events only for that group where we talk about stuff and give you tips and tools and especially in the framework of of your Christian faith or if you're Christian curious, um, you don't have to technically be Christian to benefit from what we say. Um, we're on TikTok and Instagram as at the Somatic Gospel. Um, also, I'm open for um, clients, <laughs> open for coaching. So if you got value from this um, and you want to connect, hit me up on a DM. We could schedule a discovery call and just see where you're at and see if I can support you and see if I align. Where can people reach you and find you, Ashley, and get to know you more and get to know your work? Thank you. 
So first of all, I just want to say thank you so much. It's been so just healing even to just have this conversation. And um, I do want to let people know where to find me, but I want to say um, that it's okay not to know where we're going and still walk in that direction because with our friendship, you know, like there's still questions about where is this going? And yet I'm still so willing to just keep walking forward, you know? So I'm, I'm just excited to kind of, I said it in the beginning, but really see how it unfolds and, and what's possible for friendship 2.0 after re repair and reconciliation. <laughs> um, so with that being said, um, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, my handle is the same, HLC, Holistic Life Coach Ashley. I'm doing some really fun stuff on YouTube right now. So I would love for people to come check those out. Check those videos out. It's Holistic Hot Topics. And I talk about all things holistic health, which really integrates all the different aspects of a human being. So I too... I'm open for clients and yeah, I'm just grateful to have been here and I'm excited to see what's next. We love you guys. Hit us up. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Somatic Gospel Podcast. We hope that you found the conversation valuable and that you feel inspired to continue your own journey towards greater awareness, healing, and transformation. Remember, you don't have to navigate this path alone. So we're here to support you every single step of the way. So be sure to tune into our next episode where Nate and I will be exploring orthopathy. Until then, may you be blessed in your own unique journey towards wholeness and may you continue to be a blessing to those around you. Peace out.